As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Mark McGettigan, a.k.a. the FPL General. I've had three top 500 finishes during my time as a Fantasy Premier League manager, and I want to help you to be the very best fantasy manager you can be. So join me every week as I share my tips, tricks, and insight on the Athletics FPL podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual places, and listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Athletic. So the USA Tour is done, the Community Shield is on the horizon and Manchester City are stepping up preparations for their Premier League title defence. It may only be pre-season, but we finally had some matches where we can see how things are going. So welcome to this week's Wireways This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Uh, Sam Lee is moving house, so he's not with us today, but Paul Bias is here. Hi, Paul. Hello, how are you? I'm not bad, thanks. Um, have you been enjoying the tour? Yeah, I have actually. I mean, not the best times to watch football games, to, to be honest. Not the best hours in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was quite enjoyable, um, the games that City played. Um, and I think that I saw probably a team that was better than I expected, maybe. Well, we'll discuss about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let, let, let's get into that, shall we? You can read everything on City and more in The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash pod and sign up. Uh, you'll also get these podcasts without the ads as well. So you can go and do that now. You can sign up at theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the pre-season poll, it's, like, it's a really hard one to judge because I'm always wary of reading too much into it. Um, mm. Because I mean, it is what it is. It's it's a it's an attempt to get some fitness out of the season. But um, there was so, there was some c- kind of quite interesting setups and quite interesting uh, things that City were doing during these games. I thought. Um, I mean, first things first. Let's let's start with Erling Haaland because uh, he's he's been the the one player that everybody's been most excited about seeing. Um, it's it's just odd having City having a focal point of the attack, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of is, but I mean, I think. I think that we could see that there's still room to improve and a lot of things that he can get better and just to get rhythm of the game, basically. But just the fact of doing the goal that he scored, I think that it proved the point somehow. Um, I think that C- City had scored goals like that in the past, like having players in 
at the area, getting there. Um, but just having a threat like Holland, I think that, um, yeah, just proved the point that he's going to maximize all the possibilities in that regard. Plus, um, yeah, I think that, of course, he hasn't developed yet like the full potential of what City can be and the kind of threat that he can become. But yeah, it's going to be an, an interesting one to see for the glimpses that we saw on the first game he played. Yeah, 12 minutes uh, to score against Bayern. Um, it, it was almost kind of, it just kind of showed what City had been missing in that sense. The number of times I, I can think of last season where, um, where the, I mean, especially De Bruyne, but, pr- but pretty much any of the attacking players got a decent ball across the middle and there was nobody there to turn it in. His his goal was classic City, you know, pull it across and get it get it over the line in any way possible. And like, he, the fact that he's sliding in, he's diving in and he's kind of ending up on his back with his legs in the air because he's, he's just <laughs> been stretching to get the ball over the line. It is what they've missed in the last two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, City hasn't done like really bad without him either um, but yeah I think that if you had to say like some things that City needed probably to improve just to um, yeah just to convert more of the chances that that they created I think that this was it basically um, maybe at some point we'll see I, I don't know if we will get to some point that anyone is going to say oh I missed the false nine <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I think that yeah, I think that is promising. What 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 we saw from Haaland, and yeah, just probably what what City was expecting actually. Yeah, um, I, can we also clear up just before we move on that uh, this it's not a debut goal does not count as a debut goal. Exactly, no, I'm not having it in a friendly. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm totally on board with it, and I think that. Holland can use that as a motivation too. Yeah, um, I mean, if he if he scores against Liverpool, still not a debut goal, I'm afraid, because it's oh, uh, yeah. Com- Community Shield. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm I'm counting. I'm even counting the Community Shield. Well, if, City, goal- if City were to win everything this season, all all the uh, all the four domestic trophies and the Community Shield, would we? Well, yeah, we would be sitting here saying they've done yeah. a quintuple, wouldn't we? So yeah, and I think I that know. well, go and try to tell that to Pep and to all the players <laughs> that, that the Community Shield is not a trophy and that doesn't it, count. It means yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah, probably. You're, you're not going to get to the Etihad press zone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing you could tell, I think, from from Haaland is, uh, like, in a weird sense, you could you could sense what he was about. He only played 40 minutes in in, in the buying game, um, but you could sense that like what he was going to offer City, even if he didn't show it entirely. He got in behind a couple of times, and I mean, there was one where he tried to square it to Mares, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, in in a Premier League game, that's that that is. Yeah, Either just, ending in the back of the net, or it's you know he's he's, he's gone close, yeah. yeah. Um, but you you can see he gets in behind, he gets he gets his head down, and there's no catching him, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of like the physicality and just the fact of thinking that he's still not on point, like just makes it like even more dangerous when you try to figure out how how he's gonna be um, at his peak at City. But apart from like running in behind, which is going to be like a great threat for City. I think that it's also like the space that he opens for the attacking midfielders, the space that he leaves in the most important part of the of the attack for Man City, probably, because it's like the place where Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, where Mares dips in, this kind of the places of the number eight and, and the number 10 is where Pep wants to like to have the most amount of talented players just to make the difference. So I think that the fact of having Haaland just Makes the centre backs not like the like the opposition centre backs not being able just to uh, pressure up um, and yeah just 
it's just another thing that is going to make the opponents just look for the perfect way to adapt to Man City, which was a difficult thing at the minute. <laughs> but I think that with Holland, they, uh, they are giving them like another problem. Yeah. Did you did you find it interesting how he didn't kind of well he almost he definitely didn't move from outside the kind of the lines of the eighteen yard box down the down the length of the pitch, but it but it was almost like he was staying between the width of the goal all the way up and down the pitch, just like being the real uh, I don't want to say target man because that gives that that gives the the impression of a Sam Allardyce kind of hoofing yeah. high and long and have the big man win it sort of thing. But he was the focal point, he was the target, wasn't he? Yeah, because I think that being a guy that is gonna um, keep the centre backs on their toes and just fix them, uh, or just keep them like on the back of the line is something that Pep wants and that City wants. Of course, Halan um, is going to be asked to be involved in the build-up just to have some touches with the ball uh, apart from scoring. But one of the main things is going to be like yeah, just just uh, keeping like the centre backs be- busy. And I think that it's something that he tried to do, um, and probably he tried to do it too, to start learning more the shape that, 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 the, team, that the team is going to uh, have with him on, on the pitch. Um, and just to kind of start being used to where Kevin De Bruyne is, where Maris is, how all the, mechani- all the mechanisms work. So I think, yeah, um, it, I think it was helpful for him just to see he eat like on, from, the, from a first-person point of view. Yeah, I'm just interested. Actually, I, I it occurred to me that um, you might not know the answer to this, but what do, have you got any idea of what, what Pep will be thinking now about the fact that he's got that as an option? Because he's been over the last couple of seasons, he always said publicly, you know, oh, well, you know, we're, we're fine with and without, and we'll we'll kind of play the hand we've got, and you know, we we don't have a striker, so that's this is how we play. But privately, he's been quite quite annoyed that they haven't gone out and got a striker. So, like, how's he feeling about it all now? Do you know? Uh, I think that he's going to be quite happy. I mean, um, City tried to sign a striker on the last probably three transfer windows, including winter and stuff, um, uh, and they couldn't. So um, I think that it's something that Pep was looking for. I think it's something that they felt that they needed just to keep being unpredictable. And I think that Pep is really excited to have a player that um, is desperate to thrive on the Premier League and just to bring his career to a new level and has put himself under his powers just to learn more. I think it's it's probably what Pep likes the most, just to have players that are willing to listen, to learn, to give their best and to run their socks off, basically, um, for the benefit of the team. And I think that Haaland fits that bill. Yeah, um, you mentioned before as as well about uh, this might be the end of the drop uh, of the false nine. Uh, Harland a bit decent in uh, dropping off and linking up with the with the midfield too. Can you imagine if uh, the the opening few games of the season it's the, still the same system, the false nine, except it's Harland playing it? <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. How, how my head will come clean off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will never be the same. We, we will never have the same eyes. I mean, I wouldn't. I think that the main uh, objective will be like to have, of course, Haaland like clo- close to the box. But I wouldn't be surprised if once he gets gets used like to the system and to all the functions that he has to do, he can like at 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 some moment just exchange p- positions with a winger, just like move mo- move around the front line, which is something that, is, in my opinion, could just add like more goal threat to Man City and more unpredictability. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, the video that was uh, posted on YouTube as well. There was um, a video of him uh, walking in. It was it was just after he'd scored. They'd not even had time to kick off because they then had that, that thunder and lightning break, uh, mm-hmm. which is a phrase I never thought I'd say. Um, <laughs> but they uh, they did. And uh, he, he was walking in the tunnel with, uh, with Grealish and... Um, Grealish said something that I couldn't quite hear, but then then Harlan basically shouts back, "That's why I'm here," and it, it's like as much as as we hear him in interviews talking about how he knows he needs to improve. I mean, he said it in that press conference about he, he knows yeah. he needs to to improve for uh, for Guardiola. Um, I, I I love the, the the kind of air of self confidence that he's got. He's not a, he's not a fella who's who's shy in in being upfront about his ability, is he? No, no, no. I think that he's quite aware of what he's done in his career. Um, he's he's quite confident, but he's kind of he looks like kind of he's he's honest, but he's also like a freak on in the way that he approaches the game. So I think that when he scored the goal, you you could see that he was really happy. He was like smiling. He was like celebrating it with full happiness. And I think that all the team that was around him celebrating the goal, you could tell that um, they were expecting this kind of thing from Holland, like a goal from a pure number nine um, on just the very first minutes that he played with his shirt. So, yeah, I think it was kind of a perfect start just to boost him in terms of confidence. Um, looking to the Community Shield, that probably is going to be like the first big test for him because I don't think, as I said before, that City is going to take that as a friendly and I don't think that Liverpool is going to do it either. Yeah. Um, 40 minutes under his belt. Do you, are you expecting, what, 60, 70 maybe for the for the Community Shield? Maybe, maybe. Because I think that it's more risky to have him on the bench and then make an end. Because maybe later, like, the game won't, won't, won't require him or something like that. So if you want to use him, probably the better thing is from the start, in my opinion. But I'm not a doctor. I am not there. I don't have the information that they have. So let's see what happens. But yeah. I think that he could, he, he could be a starter. Why, why, why not? Yeah, um, I mentioned Jack Grealish uh, a few minutes ago. I know, yeah. I know he's not a new signing, uh, but I wanted to talk about him quite high up in this uh, in this week's show because there's that thing about players needing time to settle in Guardiola's ways. And and while I know it is preseason again, and we caveat it with with temporary expectations because of that, um, he seems to have come back with a bit of fire in the belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he does definitely. I think. For what I've heard, like people who's been around him last season, he was not disappointed about last season, but he knew that he could do more and he really wanted to do more. So, so, sometimes when um, when you don't be perform in terms of like assists or goals that, uh, in the way that you expected to do, probably like you block yourself mentally. I don't know if that's if that's the case that happened to him, but he was like desperate to prove a point. Because I think that if you analyze all the qualities that Jack Grealish has, he fits perfectly the bill of what Pep wants in a football player. So I think that it was a perfect mix. But last season, probably, he wasn't as comfortable or as um, effortless as he looked at Aston Villa. Um, and yeah, I think that probably now now the season, he really knows more what to expect. What's, what does it mean to be... Um, on Pep's tactics um, and what is his role at, at Man City. And I think that, that, that you could see that he was sharp. You could see that he was fuming at the two penalties that, that he asked for on the two games. I think that, um, yeah, he was kind of fuming. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good one of the positive, for sure, of the, of the tour, seeing that, that Jack Grealish can be a good 
not addition, but like a good boost for that team as well. Yeah, I mean, I, it is like an addition though, because just just for in the, in that way that players take a year to settle with Guardiola, it is it, it's like having a fresh new signing, but like somebody who now gets it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, well, now it's time to prove it on the Premier League because, as we were saying, I mean, we don't want to like overhype or just overreact about the precision. But yeah, I think that um, he showed that probably he has all the ingredients now that he needed just to uh, prove it like on the bigger stages and why not do it on the Premier League and be like a totally different player. We'll see. Yeah. Do you think his, his role will stay pretty similar to what it was last season? Because he was generally played, you know, wide wide left cutting inside. Um, yeah. Villa, he was, he was a lot more central. He's a lot more the main man. He's obviously not going to get that at City, especially not with Haaland being the, the, the fellow yeah. up top. Um, so is he, is he likely to stay wide left and, and cutting inside? Or could it, could they maybe use him wide right? I'm looking at the, the options. Wide right. No, I think that if, if they're looking for someone wide right, it's probably going to be fallen before him. Um, I think that for the type of player that Grealish is, um, he's more like a left wing uh, at, at, at City system. Um, right now, I mean, he could play as an attacking midfielder, just a kind of transition that Bernardo Silva did, right? From, from yeah. the right wing to the, to, to the central midfield. But as of now, I think that he will stay as a left wing. Um, basically, because he has been performing quite well in the last games, as we were saying. So if, if he's like finding his place and just finding his best form at the club at the left wing, just why touch it? Why touching it? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be his role um, for the next weeks, for sure. Yeah, we have a we have a saying in English, Paul, that uh, yeah. is, uh, if it's not broken, um, don't fix it. Which yeah, basically, don't fix basically it. means the same thing. Uh, yeah. Although, judging by, uh, if, you, if you're familiar with City's history, uh, the, mm-hmm. the phrase that City usually go with, if it's not broken, break it. Yeah. Um, that's, that. uh, yeah, that's that's generally how it works down the years. Yeah, cool. um, uh, what, what did you make up of his link up with uh, with Haaland? Because um, I, I tell you what, those two they uh, they've not had a lot of time together, but they already looked on the same wavelength to me. Yeah, yeah. Plus, like off the pitch, I think that you were mentioning that bit as well. Boy, in trainings, they were like uh, making jokes to 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 each other. You could see that they were like on the same wave as you were saying. And one of the most important things that that Holland tried to say on his first press conference at City was this trying to build a connection, right? And I think that you could see that um, with Grealish, probably they they potentially can build a connection on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, and that, yeah, that, that could be good news with Man City, for sure. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me, you know, if uh, the most common goal assist next season wasn't actually wasn't genuinely wasn't De Bruyne to Haaland, was uh, Grealish yeah. to Haaland. I can, I, I can see, I can see um, them being them running each other close. But I, I think goal, I think the most common assist goal might might well be Grealish to Haaland. The, the understanding that they developed already seems seems quite uh, quite high, and obviously. Um, De Bruyne will get his uh, his fair share, but he's he'll, he'll be uh, he may be a bit deeper pulling the strings a bit deeper, might he? That's that's a big a statement then, and and I'm assuming that you're gonna pick really on your fantasy team. Uh, I've actually got De Bruyne and Haaland. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I don't I don't back up my opinions with sense, yeah. Paul. You know you know this. I can see um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, hey, hey, of, of the journalists' league. I think I finished bottom every season that we've done it so far. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think I think that goes to show. Well, I mean, why am I even here? I don't know. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about uh, Julian Alvarez. Um, We understood uh, before he arrived that City would be assessing him in preseason for what his role would likely be this year. Um, I think given the noises being made around him and and everything that he's uh, he's done so far, he's going to be fairly involved in first-team action, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will definitely. Um, First of all, of course, because he didn't sign like any kind of uh, new player apart from Haaland and Julian Alvarez to replace Gabriel Jesus and, and Sterling. But above all, I think because he has all the uh, abilities and 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 skill set to be very very useful to the city team. Um, yeah. He he doesn't have like the exuberance, like the physicality that Holland has, but he's smart. He's he's clever. He's really good with the pressing. Um, I think that he's good holding the ball, just um, being pressured like like by the defenders. He knows how to handle himself. Which, which is an important thing in the Premier League. I think that um, coming from a place which is Argentina, that you know how to, yeah, how to fight for your spot because if you don't do that, you're going to have two centre-backs on, on your back that are going to just put your leg onto the rosette of the stadium. <laughs> so yeah. I think that he comes from that. Um, and that, yeah, he has the, this streetwise sight on his game, which is going to be, yeah, as, as I was saying, really useful for City. Yeah, I've played behind you, Paul. I know what you tackle like as well. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very similar description for how you win the ball exactly. back. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, he's he's likely to be wide right, isn't he? Um, he's he's not he's not getting in the centre ahead of Haaland for most games. And and no. um, what he what he has done in preseason, he has done from wide right. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that as long as Holland is fit, Holland is going to be the number nine. And and if he plays. I think that he has proved that he can play from a from a from the wing, from let's say the right wing. But then there's the thing that when City plays, I mean, there are no like static positions. I mean, when when City has the ball, we can see how uh, or at some point if you have Julian Alvarez in the right wing, you could see like I don't know Kyle Walker just just pushing at the wing to make Julian Alvarez just deep more inside alongside Holland, which could be an option. So um, I think yeah, it's gonna be. Um, he's a guy that that can adapt a lot, um, and yeah, that that is going to give like uh, like another dimension or just other things that what Haaland can offer. Yeah, um, what what did you make of uh, Alvarez uh, dropping in and, and kind of his link up play with the attacking midfielders? Because he, he he's one of those that. Um, I've been trying not to get too excited about, but again, the more I see of him, and like even again, I know it's preseason, but from what yeah. I was seeing of him in a, in a city shirt, it was just like he carried on from from where he left off when he was in Argentina. Yeah, I guess that it helps the fact that he's like on a really good uh, physical moment because he was like in the middle of the competition in in Argentina. So in terms of like um, yeah, physicality, he's probably ahead of most of the players at Man City that that came back straight from holidays. But yeah, I think, as I was saying, just to lean back with the attacking midfielders, I think it's good, but it's also good how he moves, how he just 
um, tries to um, run away from the defenders and not just for himself, but ju just to open the spaces for the rest of the players. I could see against Club America how Kevin De Bruyne was like trying to run some counterattack and how he just like tried to open himself wide just to move the defenders to uh, make them not able to tackle Kevin De Bruyne. So he's kind of a smart in that way as well, in terms of movement, in terms of like, yeah, just caring for the team and doing basically what's best for the, for the whole unit. Yeah, we've uh, we've talked there about um, a few of the attacking players. Um, just in terms of a unit, then for for the attacking players, how how much different do you think City will be next season? Just off the basis of, I mean, as you said before, that like you've got Harlan there occupying uh, central defenders. There will be more space for these attacking players, will there? Yeah, I think that I think there will. I think there will. But City is also going to find like teams that just sit really, really down. Actually. Um, Probably that's going to be like a common thing because with Holland you don't want to um, give room to run at, at the break. Um, so yeah, I think that in that kind of game, City is going to be kind of similar than that, that than what he was last season. But having like a guy that when the ball gets in the box, it's quite easier that he puts the ball inside the net. Um, yeah, I guess actually the, the number of times me and Sam over the last three years have talked about when City are struggling and they just start spamming crosses into the box, there's now at least somebody in the box who can convert them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just not head them inside the net, but just like being there and just like being like an annoying personality for the opposition centre-backs. So that, that's going to be quite useful for City. Um, so yeah, let's see how, how it turns out. I mean, I mean, these kind of things, I, think, I don't think that anyone can know what is going to happen. But I think that City has like all the tools to be a different team and kind of a better team. Yeah. Um, well, let's look at uh, the protection then in that case for uh, mm -hmm. for the opposition counterattacks because uh, Calvin Phillips, he's, he's played in a couple of positions already. Uh, I think he came on at centre-back against Club America and then yeah. uh, in midfield against uh, Bayern Munich. Um, there's a little bit of me in the back of my head that is a little worried by his versatility in that sense. And what I mean by that, there's a there's a player I interviewed years and years ago. He used to play for City called Dave Connor, who uh, I think I think he he held the record for the most number of outfield positions played for City for a time. And that was because he was willing to say yes and and just be in the team in in various different roles because he wanted to be in the team. And he ended up playing I think everywhere but left back or something like that. And well, it, it meant that they that they never that City never really saw his best, and I'm a little worried going into this season that Phillips will, will be the utility man and come in and plug a gap when it needs plugging, and not especially kind of allowed to blossom. And, and from what I've seen of him, he's a player that that could well fit in at City in a holding midfield role or in a set or in, in kind of like the number six role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think probably like the position the positions that he has been playing on precision might have been like influenced by the squad that they've had because he didn't have like all the players that probably he would have wanted to. Um, he had injuries like Laporte at the centre back. So probably he had to yeah, he had to improvise a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean Phillips could do that role at some point this season. Um, and and probably he knows that. Um, but I also think if we were saying that really needed like a season just to learn all the mechanisms and how Everything sets up at City and stuff. Um, I don't know if Philip is going to need it, but he could very well have. 
or he could very well need like a season just to see, okay, um, when Rodri's playing, he does that because of that. And when the attacking midfielders playing here, I should be there. So kind of try to learn all this chemistry. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, he's going to have the best masters for it because I think that Rod- Rodri has been through all this process too. And Bernardo Silva has been through all this process too. Um, so yeah, pro- bo- Maybe one of his roles on this season is going to be just fulfill the the vacancy that is going to be open for him. Yeah, um, he didn't look out of his. We definitely didn't look out of his depth against uh, Bayern in that in that central no. role. Um, how involved do you think he'll be this season? Because I can't, I kind of can't decide whether if Rodri's playing, that's it. There's not there's not any space in the team for Phillips, or if if, if he actually play alongside him a lot more than we imagine. I think that he could, that he could play alongside uh, Rodri, of course, uh, even more when. We've seen like this more deep lying midfielder role from Bernardo Silva. This is a role that, that Calvin Phillips could do alongside Rodri. So I could see him doing that. Um, but yeah, I think that probably, I mean, when, when City were, sign, were, were thinking about signing a holding midfielder, they, they were thinking about it because they felt that Rodri was the only guy that wasn't completely doubled up in the squad. So I guess that Phillips comes in that profile, just to double up that position and just to cover that in case it needs a cover. So probably that should be his main role, I'd say. Um, and then as an attacking midfielder, he, he would be like more of a support guy. Um, that's just my, my take as of now. But yeah, of course, alongside a, a football season, like a lot of things can happen and my, a lot of things may change. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, like you say as well, the the amount of time it took uh, Rodri to get up to speed because there was it was a good kind of yeah. season and I'd say a season and a quarter or so because uh, it was that that lockdown season where uh, they ended up playing a, a, the good portion of the start of it with that double pivot role with Rodri and, and Gundogan and and I, myself included. There was a lot of fans who were who were looking at it thinking, I just don't see what he offers, and then all of a sudden, bang, the penny drops and and he yeah. his form turns around to the point where the, the the end of that season, the Champions League final, is not in the team and. Like we're we're desperately crying out for for either Rodri or Fernandinho to be there. Um, is it going to be a case of of just kind of allowing Phillips that time to breathe in that in that kind of holding role? I mean, we're gonna have to see it. We're gonna have to see it, but it's a possibility because, like, I mean, there are not many teams in the world that play with a single holding midfielder who has to who has to cover all the space that Rodri or or Fernandinho back in the days had to cover. So it's not easy to to adapt and to learn what it means to play in that position for Pep. Plus, being a guy that um, the guy that plays in there is the guy that Pep is going to shout at when when something is not <laughs> it's not going to work. So yeah. um, it it involves like a kind of pressure and a kind of importance for the team itself, um, which is big. So I wouldn't be too worried if he has to learn that and if he has to go through this process because I guess that it's a normal thing and we have seen how how Rodri has panned out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that if that he looks to have like all the willingness and all the um, yeah, and all of his um, will basically just to improve and just to adapt in the best possible way. Yeah, it's worked with Bielsa though. That should that should go in his favor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's he's going to be used like the high pressing to the big efforts on training grounds to all the. I, I mean, probably if you have had Bielsa, any manager that that can shout at you, it's not going to be too much. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm interested how you think the setup of the team might change. And I know we touched on this with the attacking players already, but if, if you've got Haaland up there kind of causing problems and opening space for the attacking players, are you going to need somebody to, to kind of help Rodri alongside him in, in the midfield to kind of act as that double pivot? Does it does it need a little bit more of an anchor if you've got a, a, a lot more kind of, if you're a bit more top heavy? Might be, but I think it's going to depend on the game. Uh, it's going to depend on the game and on the opponent that City is going to play. Um, how City wants to make like the build-up, if they want to be like more careful and more sure like they did against Liverpool or that kind of team, and they put just Bernardo just next to Rodri. Or if they feel that they are playing against a team that just wait, sitting deep down on their box, and, and they can play with one just holding midfielder and just put Bernardo and Kevin De Bruyne on the box as well because what, what you're going to need is just attacking talent. I think that City are in this position that they can switch to any role that they want because all the players that Pep has, or most of them, they really know how he wants to play and they really know with just one order or just one instruction if Bernardo has to, let's say, to switch his role to a more holding midfielder uh, player or if he has to be like more of an attacking threat. So I think that, yeah, City has all, all these options and that they are going to come appearing depending on the game that is going is, is gonna to happen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Well, luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, let's go a, li- a little bit even further back in the team. Um, there we where go. We, yeah, we talk about uh, Josh Wilson Esbrand, who. Yeah. Um, I mean, preseason is often a time when young players are involved a little bit. Um, Wilson Esbrand's been one of the standouts. His performance against Bayern Munich was getting uh, plenty of praise. Um, just rather simply, how do you think he did? I think he did really good, very very good, and I think that he's a player that. Um, He's a potential Premier League fullback for sure, and that he could play at City. I think that the biggest challenge that he had is that he has spent, I think, if I'm not wrong, three seasons at Man City, and in two of them, he has had long-term injuries. Um, he broke his ACL, I think, a couple of years ago, and last season he had a hamstring injury, which was really, really tough. That um, he had to have had surgery, and he needed like, yeah, a lot of time out. Um, that's, I think that this is now like his biggest challenge. Um, just making sure that he can prove that, can, that the team can rely on him and that he can build his body to that kind of physicality um, uh, and just playing like week in, week out. Then um, if he had that, it's just a matter of time of playing, I guess, and experience and, get, and yeah, just get improving. But he's a guy that he's strong, he's fast, he's quite good with his feet. 
Um, and I think, yeah, of course, um, we we saw against Wicom Wanderers, probably he got the man of the match of the game, wasn't he? Uh, I don't really re remember now on the Carabao Cup last season. But, I mean, you could see that there is some talent in there. And, and yeah, and as long as I know, Pep loves him. Pep, Pep really rates him. So let's see how it pans out. Yeah, it's uh, it is difficult for younger players, especially defenders, to to come through at a team like City because you just don't you don't get that many options. Um, like, what what do you what do you what, what would you kind of put down as a good season for him next season if he stays fit? Well, like in terms of appearances, limited to the Carabao Cup. I think uh, I, I mean playing in the cups um, should be like a must for him, or I'm sure that it's. It's what he's going to look for if he stays in the team. And then, yeah, just just wait for your time to be a Zinchenko. <laughs> just, just wait for your time just to see if... I'm not, I'm, he's not going to pray for, for injuries to happen, of course. But if the teams need it because they're like injured players or players that just need a rest um, and just you have had like the skill to prove to, you, to the coaching staff that they can rely on you on those times, this is going to be a successful season for him. Think that this is what he should be asked for, and and let's see how it goes. Um, keeping in mind the the thing about like his uh, how how healthy he can keep, because I think it's it's the main issue here. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, kind of opportunities as well, I'm 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 just. We'll come on to to the transfers a little bit at the end, but let's say yeah. let's say the transfer business is done and dusted now, and they don't go out and get any other players. Does that open up um, an, an opportunity for him with the with the fullback options City have got? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, if no left back if, is coming on, I mean, um, I mean, there's just Joao Cancelo, so it's going to be like I mean, it's going to be like a, a, an obligation almost to to give him minutes because they are that. There, there is not going to be like any other option. But the thing is, yeah, what I was saying that um, you don't know right now if he is able to cope with a full season um, with that kind of intensity. Because I think that well, he he still has to prove that, and he still has to recover from the injury that he's had. And yeah, let's see how how, how it goes this year. Yeah, would Pep be happy to to go into the season with with him as a as a fullback option, or would he or would he or would he be saying kind of publicly, yeah, we've got what we've got, and then behind the scenes because they've not got the business done? Yeah, I mean, that is a good question. I I don't really know the answer and what goes through Pep's mind, but I think it's obvious that the club is working on a left back. It's quite obvious, and if they are working in a left back, it's because they believe that they need and they want a left back. So if they cannot close a deal before the start of the season, of course, Pep is going to stay with, with what he has. Um, but, I mean, it looks quite clear that, that, that the club is trying to, to sign a left-back. Yeah, I'll get your thoughts on that a bit later on. But first, cool. uh, I want to touch on the uh, missing players as well, because uh, obviously uh, John Stones, Phil Foden and Ilkay Gundogan weren't on the tour because they didn't meet the entry requirements for the USA. Um, Emirate Laporte wasn't there as well. He was injured. Uh, I, 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 I'm getting the impression that, again, Guardiola wasn't necessarily happy with the situation. His quote in the press conference was uh, something along the lines of, since since uh, since the second season that I was here, uh, we haven't had a proper, we haven't been able to have a full or a proper preseason. Um, and we just kind of, again, he did the thing where he says we have to get on with it. You know, we play the hand we're dealt, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I, 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 I just think that uh, that is. His unhappiness with it wasn't exactly uh, well hidden. Yeah, well, 
I mean, I think, well, the fact of not having like a precision is also like a matter of time and the time that they have available because they have to play the Community Shield so they cannot, they, they, they cannot play four games at the US like all, all teams are playing on these precision tours. Um, so, yeah, this is a bit limited because of that too. But then, yeah, of course, I think that he would have liked, that like, he would have loved to have all the players under his disposal. Um, I mean, that's for sure, because like on the precision is probably the time when you can work and you can train the hardest, not just like on trying to build up like the best physical condition for the players, but also like in tactical things. And plus when you have done so many changes in terms of like Haaland, Julian Alvarez, um, important players that have to... Uh, um, just hit the ground running and just come into the team like quite fairly quick. Um, just um, the most players that you can involve in the training sessions and in the setup, just the better for you. And yeah, I mean, I guess that it wasn't like the perfect plan to have three players, well, four because Laporte was because of injury. Um, yeah, um, just not having these four players involved, it's, it's not the best situation, but it is what it is. And I mean, pro probably it's going to, or it could hurt the possibilities of, let's say, Foden or Gundogan or Stone just to start on the first games of the season. We'll see if it happens. But, I mean, I wouldn't blame him if it happens because, I'd, I mean, the other guys at least have played together and have trained together. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I, I do think, I do wonder if um, part of the reason why City have... have, have uh, Got the, they've got the, the friendly with Barcelona, the Jean Gamper Trophy. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if that could act as a little bit of a preseason game for some of those players as well. And also, like the Community Shield, I know you said before that it's that, that Pep's taking it seriously, but it is there as an opportunity to get a, a few minutes in the ice. You've got more substitutions and the, you know the, the ability to be able to, to to bring a few players in here and there on on UK soil. Maybe uh, maybe maybe one he could take. Uh, I think it could be, but I think that on the Community Shield we we should expect to see a team that, like a starter team, a team that has played at the US. I think that the precision, like the uh, amount of minutes that Pep has given to the players is being influenced because like the start of the season is around the corner. I think that Rodri played the full 90 minutes in, the, in both games. That's not like quite of a common thing in precision where you're used to see like a lot of like uh, under 23 players coming in just giving like a full ro rotation but as City just had like two games before the first official game I mean I know that the Community Shield is not an official game but um, but they regard it and they label it as an official game and, and as a trophy that, that they have to fight for um, so I think that City's preparation has been like orientated in that regard and that the starting 11 that we're going to see on the next weekend, it's going to be like quite similar than what we saw against, let's say, Bayern Munich, something like that. Yeah, so but, prob yeah. Prob probably no stones, Foden or Gundogan for that. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, Pep Pep said that, uh, um, yeah, that that Phil Foden is a guy that can slot into the team quite quite fairly quickly. Just uh, he doesn't care if he comes back from injury because he's that lean guy and silky and quick that he can adapt quickly. But yeah, I, I wouldn't expect them. And if you ask me for the odds, um, they, I mean, they they wouldn't have like the biggest chances in the world to be starters. But who I am again? I'm I'm I am not a manager, so uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what's he gonna do. Yeah. Um, do we know where where Laporte's up to fitness wise? Because uh, obviously he missed the tour with injury. Um, is is he going to be close for the for the start of the season, or is he is he a long way off? Do you know? 
Yeah, I think that he's still a, some weeks off. Um, he's not, I think, for what I'm hearing, um, because I think that there's not, there's not a statement from the club, right? But yeah, I think that um, he's not going to be available on the opening week of the Premier League. Um, and let's see. Yeah, um, I, I don't see, I don't see him playing before the end of August. But just like that's just like a like a speculation from from my side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's finish this week, Paul, with uh, that transfer news that I was uh, promising everybody oh, we'd yeah. talk about uh, because um, obviously Zinchenko's gone. City uh, only have uh, Cancelo and uh, Wilson Esbrand as the left back options. Um, where are they on a, on, on a left back? You said they were they, they were working on it. Is it uh, is anything moved with Kukure? Um I think that the Kukurella thing is just still ongoing. Um, he's still like top target, and they are working on it. Um, there are parts of the deal that are hopeful that there's going to be a negotiation because as um, as long as uh, as until today what's been is like a proposal from City that wasn't even negotiated from Brighton they just said no and they didn't entertain like any offers but there are like as I was saying yeah sides on the negotiation that they are hopeful that um, they're going to sit on the table and they are going to speak about numbers uh, sooner than later. I think that this week is going to be key um, because if in this week there are there is like no progress, I think that the chances of Kukurella coming to City um, are going to be hurt and are going to be quite uh, lower. But yeah, we'll see what happens on the next days. Um, yeah, because I think it's going to be uh, the main issue that City is going to have on the table for sure because um, as far as I know, no one at the club is expecting Bernardo Silva to live. Yeah, are they are they working on any other names just in case Kukurea doesn't happen, or is it Kukurea or bust? That's a good question as well. I know that Kukurea is top of the list, and he will still be. I don't know if there's any backup name, but as long as I as I know right now, um, they are still considering him as a real option. Yeah, um, they've uh, have they have they weakened their negotiating position with uh, with Brighton by by allowing Zinchenko to leave before they've got this deal done. That's a good question uh, as well. That's a good question, and I think yeah, pro- 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 probably probably and yeah, probably Brighton is going to play for that. Is going to play with that, but at the same time, what I what I got from City is that I mean the centre back situation was a bit of a risk. And if Nathan Ake was leaving, uh, a centre back was 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 going to be like the top of the list on the on the transfer wishes. Um, so they were a bit waiting for that. And then when Nathan Ake wasn't leaving, then the Zinchenko thing happened at, happened like fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that was how the things panned out. But yeah, probably it's fair to say that yeah, um, some more advances could have been done. Before that, but now it's easy to say, I guess. Yeah, um, and you you kind of uh, very neatly slipped in that nobody's expecting Bernardo Silva to leave, uh, which yeah. made my heart do a little flutter because uh, that's always been in the back of my mind that uh, that that sort of uh, spanner could could be thrown into the works at some point towards the end of the window. Um, that's I, I, I can't explain to you how delighted I am about that. How's uh, how's everybody else feeling about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to assure anything. Well, no, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna see like these words on all the aggregators and stuff. So <laughs> Bernardo Silva is not gonna leave. I mean, uh, uh, I am not there, and I am not ne- negotiating like in any deals. But 
for what I feel around the club, in the squad. Um, I don't see anyone in the club, like, considering that, yeah, Bernardo could leave. I mean, crazy things can happen because I think that the transfer window doesn't close up until the end of August. But, but as of now, yes, um, the people is quite... Well, they are counting on Bernardo for the next season, basically. Yeah, crazy things do happen because I've just spent the last five minutes of this discussion as well trying to work out how I can get both Grealish and De Bruyne into my fantasy league team, um, and it's it's really like the, the money. It's just it's just not easy. It just yeah, isn't easy. I, I, I just got one of them. I'm not gonna tell you which one. <laughs> okay, so uh, well, you'll still finish above me, whatever happens. So that's uh, we'll it, you, you, you could tell me your entire team, Paul, and you'd still finish above me. No, so, no, uh, no, come yeah. on, it's not going to be like that. Yeah, uh, well, that brings us to an end for this week's Why Always Us. Thank you to Paul Bias. Thank you very much, and see you later, I think. Yes, uh, don't forget you can sign up to the Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic. <laughs>